Hey, it's Kat again, and welcome back to So Below, Healing Trauma with Respect to Our Duality. And in the last few episodes, we started talking about recognizing our triggers and recognizing our emotions and analyzing them on a deeper level. And so in this episode, I wanted to do the first installment of What the Fuck is This? And that is talking about our trauma responses. Um, Everybody has different responses to trauma, but there are a lot that are out there that are common. There are uncommon ones. There are physical ones. There are just straight up weird trauma responses that people have. And so I wanted to go through and kind of discuss a few of these different things with you guys. A lot of times when we think of PTSD, we think of, you know, soldiers having reactions to fireworks or being easily startled and jumping when somebody comes up behind you. And we think of those normal reactions, but there are a lot of things in our day-to-day life. So I spent the last few days researching the different trauma responses that people have out there because I know that my experience is unique and everybody's experience is unique. Um, But there are different things that we don't even recognize as our responses to our trauma that we do on a daily basis. And as I was doing my research, I came to find that a lot of my personality was a trauma response and it was a little bit triggering and I feel a little bit called out. But um, at the same time, now that I have that information and the more information I continue to get, it's easier for me to decipher the reasons I'm doing certain things. And that doesn't mean I have to change things or be different or completely change who I am because of the things that I have adopted into my personality as a trauma response. That just means that I get to recognize and decide now if it's something I want to keep or if it's something that's no longer serving my purpose and I can move forward with that. And the first place I want to go with that is our physical symptoms. Because a lot of times... You know, people think that once you've moved past it and once, you know, you've no longer got any physical representation of what happened to you, that there is no more physical trauma and that it is actually a mental and, you know, cognitive thing that you have to deal with now. But there are physical symptoms that come from dealing with trauma. And that is because, you know, your fight or flight instinct is constantly engaged. Your adrenal glands are completely depleted. So much is going on in your body when you are in survival mode that, it messes with every single system. And so there are certain things that are happening to your body physically that you probably didn't realize was a response to your trauma. So the first one I want to talk about is if you scar or bruise really easily. I find that when I'm dealing with trauma, my scars last longer. They take forever to heal. They are pink and red and like angry looking for a lot longer. I also bruise like a peach when I'm stressed. When I'm not stressed, I can go out and play rough and tumble and come home without any bruises. But when I'm stressed out, if I even, you know, bump my hip onto a counter, I am bruised and it's a big bruise and it's black and blue and ugly. And so scarring and bruising easily is one of the first physical symptoms that we get as a trauma survivor. And that comes from being in high stress mode all the time in survival mode all the time. Um, the another, another one is a ringing in your ears. So sometimes you'll get a random ringing in your ears, uh, that comes out of nowhere for no reason. And that is a trauma response as well. Um, another one is your cortisol levels go up and cortisol is your stress chemical. Your cortisol levels affect so many things in your body. For me personally, I have something called metabolic syndrome. So when my cortisol levels spike, my metabolism just shuts off completely and stops working. And so I gain weight like crazy. So if you're struggling with weight, if you're having an issue with, 
you know, losing the weight, a lot of that comes from your cortisol levels are up and they are just fucking your body up because cortisol is not good for you. Now, while cortisol is also making it so that you gain weight, it makes it so that you can't build muscle because cortisol actually blocks your ability to gain and build muscle. So when you're stressing out and when you're when you're dealing with that, you're not going to be able to build muscle the way that you could. So, you know, you're getting into your gains there because of the way that cortisol restricts your uptake of amino acids. Um, the next one is uh, digestive issues. We get digestive issues from trauma responses. A lot of times some people have, you know, constipation and diarrhea. It'll go back and forth between the two. Some people will have, you know, ulcers from the stress. Some people will have their sense of smell will be so affected by it that it'll trigger their gag reflex and they will throw up as a response to being triggered uh, in a situation where they, you know, are reminded of their trauma and they won't even be able to control it. And, you know, so digestive issues is another one of those physical symptoms of um, PTSD, of trauma, of that are bothering you that you probably didn't realize that that's why you've always had an issue with your stomach or that's why you've had more uh, sensitivity to things. Um, another thing that it does is it increases your sensitivity to allergies and you'll start to develop new allergies. As your body is in overdrive all the time, as your nervous system is constantly in overdrive, it loses its ability to do things like uh, keep you from having the certain allergies that you had. You'll have new allergy flares. You'll develop new allergies. And that is because cortisol dulls your body's defenses from external irritations. And so that cortisol level really fucks with everything in your body. Um, so learning that these physical symptoms are actually things happening from trauma, you'll see that these things will disappear as you start to release the trauma and you won't have issues with them as much as you used to as these things get resolved um, over time. Um, another one that's a weird one is you yawn more frequently when you are triggered and yawning a lot is a trauma response. Um, that's because your brain is like a computer and when it's running constantly on overdrive all the time, yawning is like turning the fan on and it cools your brain off a little bit. And so if you're yawning a lot, that shows that you're probably triggered. And so if you're dealing with a time where you're yawning more than usual, you're probably stressed out. So maybe, you know, look at that as well. Um, another one is cold hands and feet constantly. That is because of the flight, fight, freeze, or fawn response, which depletes your adrenal glands. And what it does is that pulls all of the blood from your extremities into your body so it can take care of your organs and make sure to prepare to help you in survival mode. So your hands and feet will be cold a lot. So again, that's another thing. Your circulation will improve. All of these things improve as you start to deal with your, your trauma. Um, now, another one is um, aches and pains and, the, and pain sensitivity. You will be more sensitive to pain. Things will hurt more than they used to. Uh, you will have more aches and pains just on a daily basis when you wake up in the morning, you know, and feel like a thousand years old. I'm in my 30, late 30s now. And every time I sit up, you know, for a long time, it was starting to feel like I was just this decrepit old lady. But, you know, over the last few months, I wake up and I can get right out of bed and I feel amazing. I don't have those same aches and pains that I used to. Um, they have depleted a lot and I'm not as sensitive to pain as I used to be either. Things used to hurt a lot more and falling, you know, hurt a lot more. And it was even, 
you know, where I'd be like, oh, the older I get, the the worse it hurts to see someone fall because it feels like it hurts more to me. But like it doesn't anymore. Like that stuff doesn't hurt quite as bad anymore. And again, it, that's from healing because it's a, a trauma response that we didn't even realize that we had. And just because I'm listing it here doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have these symptoms or that these symptoms are 100% related to your trauma. These are just trauma-related symptoms that I'm listing here. Um, Now I want to start going into things that are more behavioral and uh, noticeable in the day-to-day. The first one is anxiety and fear, which is, you know, normal. It's normal to have anxiety after... um, after something traumatic has happened to you, it's normal to have fear about certain things and to be afraid of things, extra jumpy. Um, It is normal to have fear-related responses to trauma. And that's, you know, an obvious one. Depression is a huge one after, you know, you've been through something traumatic. Um, it's very common once, you know, your cortisol levels go up, all your adrenal glands are depleted, your nervous system is completely depleted. You are just worn out. It's exhausting mentally, emotionally, physically, it is draining on your brain and it eventually starts to give you, um, imbalances and it starts to make things not work properly. So depression, anxiety are a huge one. Um, another one is transferred shame, um, or shame in general. A lot of times it's very embarrassing, especially if you've had trauma related to sexual assault. Um, talking about it can be very embarrassing. It's it's shameful because we've always been taught, you know, nakedness and nudity and our body parts, they're all very shameful and we have to hide it. And it's always, you know, been this big thing. So we don't talk about it out loud and it becomes very emba- embarrassing and shameful. Not to mention... Um, if you're in an abusive situation, there's the transferred shame where they're ashamed of what they've done and then they blame you for it. For it. And so you feel ashamed of the things that they did to you. Um, and so shame is another huge uh, trauma response that we have. Um, that's just a common one. Um, avoidance is another one where you avoid certain thoughts, you avoid places, you avoid songs. You know, like if you've had certain... Uh, friendships go wrong and then your song that you guys used to sing together all the time comes on the radio and you have to change it because, you know, it breaks your heart. That's very common. And it's a very normal thing to have um, certain things trigger you, sounds, songs, situations. And so you just avoid them in general and you don't go out, you avoid people, you avoid places, you avoid things, you avoid talking to your friends, you avoid reaching out and you become very reclusive. Um, So withdrawing into yourself is another huge one. Uh, Flashbacks are a very common trauma response um, that can happen at random times. It can happen at very inconvenient times. Um, It's very common for um, survivors of sexual abuse to have a flashback while they're being intimate with a partner who is not assaulting them. And it is a very difficult thing to navigate through. And hopefully with a healthy relationship, that person won't take it personally and they'll love you through it. Um, But that is something that that happens as you do get flashbacks. Certain things will trigger you. Uh, For me, I didn't have my memory of what happened to me for a while. I had very limited scattered memories of what had happened 
um, for a few months. And it wasn't until I was at work, uh, probably three months after everything happened, and a man walked in who smelled just like my ex. And I remembered everything all of a sudden. It all came flooding back to me, and I'm sitting there trying to smile at this guy. And yeah, let me help you out. And yeah, I hope your girlfriend loves it. And you know, I'm trying to be this great, you know, a salesperson, but inside I'm I'm dying a little bit because all of a sudden I have all of these huge memory flashbacks out of nowhere and it came from a which it came from being triggered by a smell. Next on the list is eating disorders. Um, it's common in men and women. Um, it usually happens after um, extreme control. If somebody has exhibited constri- extreme control over you, it is common to want to take control back in in one way or another. And uh, eating disorders and self harm are two common triggers for controlling abuse, as well as abandonment and neglect. Um, when you feel like you don't have control of your life in other areas because you've been abandoned or you've been neglected or your needs aren't being met in one way or another. Those are two responses to those types of traumas. Um, Another one is feelings of detachment and being numb to all emotions, good, bad, happy, sad, all of them, everything between. Um, when you feel complete numbness, that just comes from, uh, your system being completely overworked. And so it just detaches from everything. Another common trauma response is hypervigilance and paranoia. You know, always having to know where every exit in the room is, always having to know exactly who is around you at all times, watching every single face, making sure you know exactly what's happening around you all the time. That is a very common trauma response as well as paranoia, you know, checking your locks 50 times, making sure every window is closed and locked a million times, having all these uh, not so normal, normal responses, you know, to our traumas is something that we can definitely expect. Um, Another one on the list is uncontrollable rage. Um, when you just have these flares of anger that you can't control, where you blow up out of nowhere, you might be completely fine all the time and have the longest, you know, fuse on the planet and you could just have the most patience in the world. And then finally, one thing is going to set you off and you just have this like uncontrollable rage. You know, you're all of a sudden this Karen screaming at this kid, you know, because he messed your burger up. If you're screaming at a kid at a McDonald's because you messed your burger up, I can promise you it's not about the fucking burger. You need to go examine your trauma. Um, But uncontrollable rage is definitely a trauma response. Um, The next on the list is suicidal thoughts um, and suicidal ideations. These are very common after trauma. Um, That's very much tied with the shame and the depression. Um, But it's a very common trauma response. The next on the list is losing your ability to handle conflict. Um, Some people will just immediately start crying the minute they feel overwhelmed. Um, I know that sometimes that happens with me when I'm at my peak stress level. If something happens and I'm upset about it, I will either start crying or I will walk away or you'll see it all over my face. Like I don't hide things very well. If I'm upset, you can tell like it's on my face. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Um, But definitely the inability to handle conflict and you just shut down during a conflict is a completely normal trauma response. 
Um, then the next on the list that I have is irrational fears, um, which and like the belief that the world is just overall dangerous. Um, when you start believing that the negativity is the only part of the world that matters, when that takes over your thoughts, that is a trauma response. Um, irrational fears over, you know, tiny things that are going to happen, you know, whether or not you're going to get uh, in trouble for doing something that, you know, most people don't get in trouble for doing, or, you know, you get, you become afraid over things that just don't really matter all that much um, on the grand scheme of things. But to you, you can't get over them. And they're very, very real to you. And your feelings are valid. But um, when your fears become irrational and become things that aren't serving your purpose and it's not there to protect you from something that's an actual threat, but it's just hindering your growth, that's when you need to start examining your fears and see if they're rational or irrational. Um, They also lead right into our next one, which is nightmares and re-experiencing your trauma. This can happen at very inconvenient times, and sometimes your nightmares can start to leak into your day-to-day life. Um, I know there was a while right after you know I got my memories back where I was having a lot of these flashback nightmares, and I was re-experiencing what happened to me. And we had this one playlist that kept playing at my work, and it's just this instrumental bullshit music in the background. And there was these you know two or three songs on there that you would hear five or six times a day. And they started playing in the background of these, you know, nightmares that I was having. And so I'd be at work and all of a sudden these songs would start playing. And again, avoidance, you know, these songs would start playing and my anxiety would start peaking and, you know, I would start to panic. And so I ended up telling everybody at my work, please don't play this playlist anymore. Just, you know, because I couldn't take it anymore. Because again, avoidance, I'm, I'm do- not dealing with my issue because I don't want to listen to those songs. Also, they weren't great songs anyways. But, um, you know re-experiencing things and having nightmares is a very common trauma response. Um, and the next one I want to go into is a really big one and it's tied to shame, but it's beating yourself up and viewing yourself as weak and taking the blame on yourself for everything that goes wrong around you. Um, and just the overall feeling of not being enough. When you start carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, that is 100% a trauma response. And if you're going through that right now where you're feeling like the weight of the world is on you and you're blaming yourself and you're, you're overwhelmed and you're just, the world is too much for you right now. I'm going to tell you right now, you are enough. You are not to blame for what happened to you and you deserve to move on. Sometimes you just need to remind yourself of that. And it's a very common trauma response. So that being said, I do want to remind everyone out there, you're enough always and forever. So from there, uh, the next one on my list is, um, is a noticeable change in our interest levels in sex. Um, some people get an increased sex drive. Some people have a decreased sex drive. Um, but it definitely affects your um, ability to have a normal natural sex drive. So some people will have that affected. Some people won't because again, some people's traumas aren't affected by that or have anything to do with that. But for some people that will affect them. And some people when they're triggered for something that has absolutely nothing to do with that, while they're triggered, they will have a very uh, noticeable decrease in their sex drive. Um, So that's another very common uh, trauma response. 
Now I want to start to get into some of the weirder ones that we may not notice and they're more personality driven. Um, this is again where I started to feel called out. Um, but one thing that is a personality trait that we can develop from a trauma response is remaining neutral in all situations, never having an opinion. That comes from never being allowed to have an opinion or from walking on eggshells or from not wanting to offend somebody with your opinion. Um, some people take great pride in the fact that, oh, no, I'm just so easygoing and go with the flow. But sometimes they are easygoing, go with the flow people. And then sometimes it is a trauma response. So, again, it's different for each person. So if I'm saying something here that's personality driven, I'm not calling you out. I'm not saying that your personality is a trauma response, but I'm saying it is worth a look at it to make sure that you're doing certain things for the right reasons and that you're not stamping out your own intuition and your own voice, especially, you know, with staying neutral. If you're silencing your voice, you don't want to be doing that. But if you really just don't care, then don't care. Um, but they're completely two different things. So making sure that you're listening to these things. Again, I'm not calling you out, just making you aware of your surroundings. And the next one is hyper-independence. This one seems like an amazing trait to have. You know, you always have it together. You never need anybody ever. This usually comes from constantly being disappointed with other people. And it comes from uh, not wanting to be disappointed in other people and not wanting to ask anything of anybody because you have never been allowed to count on your village or you, you know, just haven't felt like you've had a voice. But hyper independence is definitely something that is a trauma response for some people. Again, some people just are independent and that's who they are and that's how they work and that's how they function. But it is worth examining to make sure that you're not being independent and overwhelming yourself to keep from taking up space in the world that you live in because you are allowed to take up space in the world that you live in. Um, so as long as your independence is simply independence because you want to be independent, that's great. But if you're being independent because you're taking the weight of the world on yourself, that's something that you definitely need to look at. Uh, the next on the list is having never having a negative answer. So there's one thing to stay neutral, but if you never have a negative answer for anybody, um, there are some people that are just so kind. Like I have a grandma who we always used to joke around that if you asked her to say something nice about the devil, her response would be, oh, well, he's a hard worker, you know, but there are some people who are just kind, but if you never have a negative answer, sometimes that is a trauma response from never being allowed to have a negative answer. That's again, from not having a voice. So examining when you never have a negative answer, making sure that it's coming from a place that's authentic to who you are. Um, the next on the list is being the ultimate safe space for everybody else around you. So when you are the place that everybody feels comfortable opening up, when you are the place that everybody goes for comfort, for love, for anything, you have to remember you can't fill other people's cups. You can't pour from an empty cup. Um, when you are everybody else's safe space, you have to make sure that you're also being your own safe space. As long as you're being your own safe space, take in as many people as you possibly have the capacity for but paying attention to your capacity is ultimately the most important part of that one there. Um, another one is th thinking that being an empath means that you need to feel other people's emotions. And that's just fucking bullshit. 
you don't have to feel everybody's emotions just because you can. Um, I am an empath. Definitely, I'm very sensitive to energies. And honestly, ever since this last summer, I have had a real hard time with like eye contact even because to me it feels very invasive because when I look into people's eyes, I can see their pain. And sometimes, you know, it's not my business because, you know, just because I can see your pain doesn't mean I should see your pain. I'm, you know, selling you a couch, not giving you an examination here. So I do struggle with eye contact with some people. And there are some people who are empaths who feel like they have to take on everybody's pain and transmute their energy for them. That's not your job. Sometimes you just have to decide where you give your fucks. So, uh, you know, feeling like you're the ultimate safe space, sometimes you are the ultimate safe space and that's just part of your personality. Sometimes it's a trauma response. And so again, listening to your energy and your intuition and making sure that you're um, on board with what your body needs and what your soul needs and making sure that you're not pouring from an empty cup. I don't want to keep going for too much longer, but um, this list could literally go on and on. And like I said, this is the first installment of what the fuck is this? Cause I'll continue more of this later. Um, but another one I want to go into uh, for a little bit is um, only t talking about things that you can prove, not being willing to discuss things unless you can prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt, feeling the need to collect proof constantly and always be able to defend yourself and um, not talking about things unless you know exactly 100% what you're talking about. That comes from constantly having to defend yourself. That's something that is a huge trademark from narcissistic abuse. When you've been gaslit over and over and over again, you're constantly questioning yourself, and that's a completely normal trauma response. Um, but sometimes we don't even realize that we're not talking about things unless we can absolutely prove it. But you should be able to talk about whatever weird thing you want to talk about. If you want to have a weird-ass conversation about aliens, even though you can't prove an alien exists, cool, go have a conversation about aliens. They do exist, but go have a conversation. It's fun. Talk about whatever you want. Feel free to open up, but sometimes we can't do that, and that's a trauma response. Um, and the next one I want to go into is apologizing constantly over and over again. This is coming from feeling like you have to walk on eggshells. When you feel like you have to apologize for your existence constantly, that usually comes from having some kind of trauma in your life or having experienced a time where you didn't feel like you had a voice or you felt like your existence wasn't enough or you felt like somebody was irritated or annoyed by your existence. Um, so apologizing frequently is usually a trauma response as well. Um, another one is being too unattached. And then as soon as you feel safe, becoming immediately too attached. So it's a common thing to do. Um, this is something I've felt myself doing before you meet somebody, you connect with them and you feel great and, and everything, but your, your walls are up and, and you keep everything at arm's length and, you know, you think you're playing it cool. And then all of a sudden, the minute you feel safe, you all of a sudden, oh, you have all these feelings and you let them rush into yourself and, and you let them take over. That's attachment versus connection. Um, attachment addiction is a very common trauma response as well that people have where you just, you crave the attachment with somebody else. Um, connection is also important, but when you confuse the two, sometimes you can be too distant and then immediately too clingy 
right afterwards. And that's a very normal, common response. Or you could just be constantly too distant or constantly too clingy. Both of those things are also trauma responses. And I've got three more that I'm going to cover in this episode, and then we'll hit other ones in a following episode down the road. Um, but the next one I want to go into is a really weird one, but it's feeling a tether to your home. Um, and anytime you start feeling these social anxieties or anytime you're gone for too long, you start feeling the need to return home. And like you can't be gone for too long. And it's this invisible tether to your house. This is one that I have struggled with immensely for many, many years. Uh, feeling like every time I leave my house, like I'm missing out on something that I'm supposed to be doing there and I'm not taking care of everything that I'm supposed to be doing, even though when I'm home, I'm not necessarily doing anything, but feeling like I can't leave um, and, and completely, you know, feeling that strong tether to my home. That has a, is a trauma response I have experienced and it is one that is a, a common trauma response as well. Um, so that's something to be examined as also, um, another one that I wanted to go into was never picking anything. Uh, when you don't have an opinion, when you don't choose anything, um, I mean, I don't with food and that's partially because I'm nose blind and so I don't have an appetite. And so I'm weird about that anyways. And I don't care. I love food. So I'll eat anywhere. So I really don't care when it comes to food, but other things I will actually have a, an opinion about. And everyone should have an opinion all the time. But if you can never have an opinion and you never choose, you're never the one to pick a place. A lot of times that is a trauma response and it's something to definitely pay attention to and notice if you're never the picker. And the last one I wanted to talk about was uh, a really important one because it's something that I struggled with for a really long time because it's short-term memory retention. I have always prided myself in having a very good memory and in remembering everything. Um, in my last relationship, the last you know four or five months that him and I were together, I questioned my memory constantly and I could not retain shit. Like I couldn't remember what happened three days before. I could not tell you timelines. I couldn't tell you anything because my memory was crap. And I felt like I was losing my mind. Again, there was the sleep deprivation and other things that was affecting the memory too. But your short-term memory retention is definitely affected when it comes to trauma. Um, and I do, you know, want, and I wanted to put that one out there as, as an important one. I didn't want to skip over it because um, for me, remembering my life and, and knowing what's going on in my life has always been very important to me. And honestly, when it comes to your healing journey, remembering your life and being true to your brain and true to your, your memory and to your experiences is very important. And so, yeah, you may not want to remember everything all the time, but if you can't remember where you left your keys five minutes ago, if you can't remember why you walked into a room every time you walk into a room, if you can't hold on to anything for very long, if you forget something every single time you go to the grocery store, even though you made a list because you forgot to put something on the list, you have to make sure that, you know, you're looking into that and making sure that you're not just overloaded with stress and overloaded with your um, trauma responses because your memory might be being affected by that. And if your memory is something that is starting to affect you on your day-to-day -day basis, that is something to definitely look into and start working on your trauma because when you do start to resolve these issues, when you start to move past them, all of these other trauma responses, you'll start to decide what things were trauma and what 
actually is who you are. It was part of who you are. And so just for future references, these were just, this is just food for thought. These are things that you might not know were trauma responses. I learned a lot, you know, doing the research for this and I hope you guys learned some today too, but I just wanted to close and remind you all that you're amazing. You're worth it. And I appreciate the fact that you're working on becoming a better version of you. And I commend you on your effort. It's an amazing thing that you're doing and the world really appreciates you. Keep it up.